The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Welcome back to Real Real Estate Today. Hey, thanks for stopping by. If you hear a funky beeping in the background, my computer has decided to be possessed. I think we're good now. My volume button gets stuck, and so it's like creeping up in volume, and it takes like five minutes to catch up. And anyways, awesome day we are having today. What is today? I don't even know. August 30th. August 30th. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm, I'm okay now. <laughs> we're on the air. We had a little bit of a late start with a technical glitch, and uh, we're, we're uh, broadcasting from a new location, the new head, uh, worldwide headquarters of Real Real Estate today. And uh, we did a test run yesterday, and everything worked fine. So how'd that work out for us today? Yeah, we'll see. Great. We're now here. Yeah, we're we here. are here. So awesome. I am joined, as always, by Karen Rastel, who's the best damn letter in the state of Indiana. She's giving her princess wave. And we actually have another special guest in studio, whom I'm sure I made a wonderful impression on as we were having our technical difficulties. So luckily, I've known him for a long time. So it's all good. So we're going to talk to him here in a little bit. But, you know, we always like to start the show off with an update on uh, any good gossip, any good uh, HGTV uh, sometimes some hard-hitting real estate news, but usually not so much. So I found something today that I did not know, and it's about our very favorite Joanna Gaines. Oh, JoJo. Yes. Have you heard how she is expanding her empire? No. Into what? Uh, cupcakes. I'm kind of disappointed. I thought it would be like fabrics or something to go with Well, home. no, she's got all that. She's got all that. And apparently her she's opened a bakery there in Waco. You know, they've got the silos. They always talk about the silos on the show. Yes. I've only seen the show twice, but Not Karen quite. watches it. Yeah. Um, so uh, near the silos, she has that. And so she wanted to uh, create an unexpected grouping of fresh baked pastries, breads, and sweets that are aimed to let guests feel her family's love of baking. Not we surprised. love her family's uh, participation in getting a home decorated and staged. That's right. what we love. When the kids are in there, yes. Yes. Well, apparently the whole bakery is decorated white subway tile. Everything has that calligraphy. Even even the labels on the bread, the uh, the flour and the sugar that are in the back of the store that people can't see are labeled with the same calligraphy, uh, you know, wedding-worthy calligraphy. She's got um, black and white toile wallpaper in the bathroom. And, um, shiplap. Yeah, and there's shiplap everywhere. Shiplap uh, added in front. They said that they've created a Disney World for shiplap lovers in this whole area by the silos. This is the part in this huge article, and, and Rachel's going to put that up on Facebook, that surprised me was that um, 
parking in that area of Waco. And I, I've never been to Waco, Texas. We need to do a road trip and record, you I, know, I a live like show in right. Waco. I, um, you know, I've lived in Texas, but I have to say I don't think I've been through Waco. Um, but anyways, parking, $10 parking signs are popping up everywhere for people that, like, pilgrimage to this Disney World for shiplap lovers. So, like, the Baptist Church is really benefiting from this because I'm they're, sure. like, charging for parking, which I think is brilliant. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, 25,000 to 35,000 people flock to the Magnolia Grounds every week, according to the Waco Tourist Information Center. That's on my bucket list now. I'm going. <sighs> and they have, like, a whole system. So you're handed these cards when you get in line to order your cupcakes so that, you know, you move through the line pretty quickly. And then every, this is my favorite part, um, every customer is handed their cupcakes in a box that is stamped. Cupcakes are muffins that believed in miracles. I can't make that up. No, you can. That's a little over the top. But a little over we the top. love JoJo, so I think that that is acceptable. Cupcakes are muffins that believed in miracles. I don't even, I can't even. So... We, yes, we, do you think we could figure out the technology enough that we could broadcast live from I think it'd be fantastic and maybe even have, Chip JoJo, even have JoJo or Chip or one of the kids with their parents' permission to be on the show. <laughs> All right, done. We'll um, look at our calendars and pick a date. That sounds good. All right, so do you remember what we talked about last week? Uh, refresh me. It was new construction. Oh, yes. Uh, right, right, right. Oh, yes. So last week, uh, and so today we're doing tar- part two of building a brand spanking new house. And today's show is going to be great, I promise. Uh, last week we were talking about a lot of the ins and outs of building a new home. And we talked about some of the financing aspects, the pros and the cons and the risks. But today we are talking to uh, a gentleman who has some experience. Um, one of the things I really want to do with the show is bring you other people's what I call their home stories. What's your home story? Um, and we talked with Rachel a few weeks ago about her home story, um, buying her first home. And so uh, today we're going to talk with Matt. Matt is a good friend and client of mine. He has built or is building couple of homes so he has experience in a couple of different ways he's also a financial advisor with Edward Jones I should let you introduce yourself but I feel like I know everything there is to know about you right he's a Michigan <laughs> fan we forgive him for that um, but yeah he's a financial advisor with Edward Jones he's who I have my investments with uh, the, of the non-real estate related nature so you know I trust him uh, so welcome Matt well thank you for having me all right it's great to have so I think I've known you about nine years I was trying to think about do you know how we first met we sold a house we sold there was one before you. Yeah. So I had a client. This is I always love to tell these stories because nobody cares. But uh, because I have a radio show, I can talk about whatever the heck I want. But I always love to think about how did I meet this person and what was the connection and the pathway there. So I had a client, my very first listing ever, that walked into a Chase Bank and said, I need to get a mortgage and sat down with someone who worked at the bank who happened to be, I believe, your fiance at the time. Yes. Uh, the lovely Miss Amy. And she had a house way out in the middle of nowhere that she needed to sell. And so in having this conversation with my client, my client was like, you should talk to Deb. <laughs> And so she did. And I went and I listed that house and sold it. And then a few years later, you guys had another house you wanted to sell. And then you bought a house. And then we just sold another house. So we've done quite a few transactions together. So he is one of my A-plus clients for sure. So you would tell me a little bit about your family and anything else you would like to uh, say to introduce yourself? Uh, You've already introduced my wife. I do have three kids. A 20-year-old daughter, Kaylee, and two 18-year-old boys, Brandon Nick. 
Um, what else would you like to know? Um, how long have you been in Bloomington? I have been in Bloomington about 25 years. Okay, so quite a while. And why are you a Michigan fan? Because they're the best team ever. <laughs> mm. I was born and raised in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. And your uncle is famous because I love this. This oh, has nothing to do with anything, but you got cool to find story. it on Facebook and, and post it. Cool story. Woolly Mammoth Find in Chelsea, Michigan was located on his farm. And this was just this past year? A few months ago. Yeah, oh not too gosh. long ago. It was all over the news. It was like really he a big deal. He was trending. And he didn't even know what trending was. He, yeah, trending. he was trending. So you'll have to find that. We'll post that up because I'm my background's anthropology, so I love stuff like that. But anyways. All right. Well, Matt, you've done two new builds. Last week we talked about three types of new uh, ways to buy a new home. One is a spec home, which is a home that's already been built. Um, so you don't really have any choices. And it pretty much functions just like you're building a regular or you're buying a regular home that's already been built. Then there's what I call a semi-custom, which is that you... Uh, Usually you're building in a neighborhood that has one specific builder that they are developing. Uh, you have choices, but there is a finite number of floor plans um, and finishes. And then the third is a total custom build. So your first one that you did was? A box build. Okay, you call it a box build, semi, we call it a semi-custom build. Um, and then right now, what are you doing? A fully custom build. Fully custom build. Okay. Um, and so with the semi-custom or the box build, what were the kinds of things that you were able to choose? You Obviously, you chose the floor plan. You get to choose between a half a dozen different floor plans. Uh, you get to choose little bump outs for windows, additions of sunrooms or basements. Um, but it's, it's really limited. Most of it's just a fixture, um, carpet, etc. It's a very basic build. Okay, and what about like the number of choices? Like, how many choices did you have for countertops? Oh, a few dozen, easily. Okay, so it, I mean, it's not just like you have three to choose from. You had quite oh, a few. Plenty. Yeah, and all the colors in the world. Now, I seem to remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did you you went up to a big design center in Indianapolis, didn't you? We did. And you had like a day field trip out there to kind of make all your selections. And you can pick out your vinyl, your brick, your stone, your door, your wood, your everything. Okay. And then um, were you able to make changes after that? Um, not really. They say you can. Okay. But, but they, not really. they're moving so fast with some of these builders. It's a fast build. Now, I seem to remember that there was some controversy over hardwood floors. I'm like, do I remember that correctly? Uh, the controversy was is Amy wanted hardwood, and I didn't want to pay for hardwood. Right. <laughs> and so who won that one? Um, Amy eventually won. But in the beginning, we went with vinyl. So you, yeah, so you built the house and then you made a change later. Yes. Okay, interesting, because I think that's one of the things that um, I wanted to talk about at some point when people build homes, sometimes they think one and done. You know, I'm building exactly how I want and, you know, should you expect a budget that you're going to make changes down the road. But I think, you, I, if I remember the conversation way back when, because this is, six, seven, eight years ago, um, you were saying, let's save some money now and then we'll do it when we have time and we can do the labor ourselves and save some money that way as well. And the whole family dynamics change. You think when your kids are 10 years old, that's the way it's always going to be. But truth is, is the family changes. Yeah. Kids move out. You right. don't need 4,000 square feet again. And that's why you ended up selling this house. Yes. That it was just too big. Yeah, interestingly enough, we're going bigger. Um, <laughs> size, so 
I haven't figured that one out yet. Okay. Well, you know, I did an open house at a listing I have across the street from your old house, and the lady came through, and she thought that the family room needed to be bigger for her needs. And I said, well, how old are your kids? And she said, four. And I'm like, yeah, but in about five years, you're going to be really happy that you've got a full basement (laughs) that you can send them to. So again, yeah, family dynamics change. And I think if you are buying a house for that moment in time, you're going to find that your needs change um, as well. Um, So do you feel like, did you get overwhelmed when you were doing the the semi-custom build with all the choices? Like, you know, we talked about you didn't want to go hardwood floor right there because you're trying to keep your budget under a cap, I assume. Yeah, I don't remember what that cap was, but yeah, but we were. It could have gotten way out of control. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I wanted to you know share to people and, and for them to think about because it's easy on paper to say, hey, this house costs $220,000. But at the end of the day, it's probably going to be 30, 40 more, and you probably would love for it to be 100 more to get exactly what you want. On a semi-custom build, by the time you leave the design center, uh, you will know too many okay. what your build price is, and it won't be yeah. from that. Right, right. I have a client that tonight is meeting with a builder because he knows what the cost is on paper, but he's pretty sure he's not going to be happy with those finishes, and he's going to want to upgrade, and it's hard to kind of visualize what that uh, cost is going to end up being. Do you think, where are you in the process? Because now you're doing a custom build. Correct. So now you are, like, you don't go and you have 30 choices of countertops. You have infinite. You have a two-inch thick book of Delta faucets. Okay. Because <laughs> that's their supplier, builder's supplier. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're given a lot of books. You're given a lot of uh, instructions as to where to go, and you're given a budget. And... That's where you start to exceed it. So what you're encountering is that your builder saying you have X number of dollars for all of your bathroom fixtures. Here are the fixtures you need. And then you're trying to make those numbers fit. Go buy five toilets. And I'd like to add, <laughs> you can now buy toilets that are heated, cooled, that vibrate, mm. that lift you up. You can get into huge amounts of money for one commode. I had a Josh Groban song just enter my head. The that toilet, so, you lift me up. That is so interesting, though, because... <laughs> You don't think about that maybe you want a toilet with a lid automatically closes for women out there who like I'm in a household of men, so I don't I don't want to see the toilet seat up. Very interesting. Soft touch clothes too. Just let it go. There's no slamming. Soft touch clothes. Wow. Now I've certainly have had I had a client a few years ago building a new home and she needed that she wanted the higher toilets. Because you got bad knees, I guess you want tall toilets. But, um, okay, but I need to know what the vibrating toilet's for. Just shake it all out? They wouldn't <laughs> let me test it, so I can't, I, I can't go into more detail. Can we Google that and figure out what the purpose of a vibrating toilet is? That would be awesome. Okay, we're going to get answers because that's what we do on the show. So, uh, so how overwhelming is it for you to make those choices? Extraordinarily. Okay. Extraordinarily. <laughs> Fortunately, my wife uh, is the one making most of the decisions. Mm-hmm. So, so she spends her evenings thumbing through catalogs and flip, turning down corners of pages? Yeah. So far, we've spent the last three weeks trying to locate where we are going to have plumbing in our basement. Okay. still don't know. And you're going to have five toilets in the house? Yes. You're insane. <laughs> Just Maybe six. Oh, my gosh. 
That is not downsizing. No, you only had three in the last half. And maybe one might be one of those vibrating ones, too. Who knows? I mean, I, why not at this point? If I mean, you're going to have six, you might as well have, like, you no, know. A novelty restroom, bathroom, where you can invite Deb and I. We'll come out there and say, ah, oh, this is what the vibrating toilet's all about. Well, you know, you go to the spas, and they have the different, they have, like, the steam room, and then they have the snow room. And they have the, you know, you can have, like, a different theme experience depending on what your need is. I'm jealous that you go to the spa. I don't get don't, that I, much. I'm I, just like, what am I missing here? I need to go to the spa. If I, I want to I go into a snow room. I think they have them on like cruise ships. They have like the different, I don't go. I just read about them in the brochures. Okay. Okay, so vibrating toilets. Interesting. Um, okay, so how did you go about picking your floor plan for this custom build? Because with the semi-custom, you had a few choices. Mm-hmm. You said, mm, that's good. And there were a few custom homes that you're, or um, what are they called, model homes that you could walk through. And if I remember correctly, I think you ended up building something similar to the model home that expanded a little bit. I suppose picking the floor plan was probably the easiest thing. We started about seven years ago, and uh, we downloaded about 14,200 different pictures. <laughs> and we told the builder exactly what we wanted. And he started to slice and dice it, and we said, we don't like this, we like this. And they started moving things around, and next thing you know, you had a workable floor plan. So is there an engineer or an architect involved somewhere? Uh, yes, there are Amish architects. Oh, interesting. They so they don't use buggy. CAD, I guess. No, no, no. No, no all, CAD. All buggy and hand-drawn. Okay, interesting. Okay, so... It truly is a custom because I know a lot of people will go online and download. You can buy floor plans yes. online. I'm sure you've looked at some About of those. 600 bucks. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people will just download that or buy that floor plan and say, this is what we want. But you guys really kind of went from scratch. There was a little bit of each floor plan that we yeah. really liked. So coming to the exact one to meet our needs mm-hmm. is what took us seven years and 40,000 downloads. <laughs> um, and did you, do you, do you feel like you have a good sense of what it's going to be like when it's done? Right now, I have a true sense of panic. Yeah. I have concrete walls. Yeah. And I've learned that when builders measure everything out, they measure exterior widths, meaning from outside of your concrete right. wall. I thought it was inside. Uh-huh. So we've been shocked a little bit with some some size differences. Okay. Um, but no, I don't. I, don't, I still don't know if I'm going to have massaging toilets or not. Right. Well, I mean, we can make that decision for you. I vote yes, Karen. Yes, uh, Rachel. definitely. Yeah, she votes yes, too. So, okay, okay at least one. Um, because I think the thing that is really tricky to me, uh, and again, I have a client tonight who's looking at new construction, and I think he's just having a really hard time visualizing what he's going to end up with because you don't have anything to walk through. I think some people are better than that than other people. Do you think your wife is able to kind of visualize it? Does she have a better sense of what it's going to be like? No. No. Okay. I would have thought she would have. Interestingly enough, you can't even visualize the property that you buy. We bought a couple acres and it was all wooded. Yeah. And you couldn't tell what the slope was. By the time we got it all laid out, we learned that there's a substantial amount of slope, like 11 and a half foot from back left to Uh bottom right, meaning... There's a lot of my house that's above ground. Oh, okay. So when you look at it from the back, 
the basement is, is it, I assume it's a walkout basement? Sidewalkout. Sidewalkout. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I, I just, I would be completely overwhelmed with <laughs> doing something like that. Um, but I think there are people who kind of like that um, excitement that goes along with it. So And fear. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Drama. Yeah. Sure. How many times have you cried in this um, process? Today? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I've cried. Um, every time they throw numbers at me, I shed tears lightly. Um, but no, I haven't cried. Has your budget been changing during the process? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think it just changed during this conversation. It did. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> toilets. There you go. So that's it's not going to be done until the till the very end, and then you'll know what the final budget is. That's pretty much where we're at. Excellent. Well, let's go ahead and go to break now since we're at a good stopping point, and then we'll come back and keep having our conversation with Matt Doring. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stick around. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thanks for coming back 
This is Real Realist Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. In my flurry to get started on the show today, I failed to mention all of the important social media things that I should be mentioning. Uh, so hopefully you are following along on Facebook while we are doing this show. There are great posts there that Rachel's putting up. She is investigating the massaging, vibrating toilet as we speak, and we should have answers to you soon. If you have questions for me, you can always email me, Deb, at realrealestatetoday.com, or you can message me on Facebook and uh, I'll always be happy to answer those questions for you. We are joined today, as always, with Karen Russell, best time lender in the state of Indiana, but also by Matt Doring, who is a good friend and client and uh, learning a lot about the custom build experience and also is experienced in the semi-custom build. So we are piggybacking off of last week's show, um, which has got some great information. You should go back and listen to it, download it on iTunes, um, and then listen to today's show again. Uh, it's really good information if you're thinking about buying a home. So, Matt, let me ask you, why each time, since you've kind of done this twice now, why did you decide to build? Wow. We're in a pretty hot market here in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I found out my home's value, it dawned on me that I can build exactly what I want with full warranties for less than what I could buy. With your current home. Absolutely. Right. Plus, you have the best realtor in town. Best damn realtor in town. There you go. Why did you uh, build the first time when you did the semi-custom? Because my wife and I were out looking at homes, and we walked into a model home, and she said, this is it. Yeah. And I signed my name. Yeah. And I think that time, if I remember correctly, as I speak as your realtor, you were also limited because you, your kids were in school. Yes. So you were very focused on a, on a very specific school elementary district. school. So it didn't give you a ton of options right. um, of existing homes that were you know, decent and had enough space. So right. I think that was part of that as well. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see. I'm looking at my questions, and some of them were jumping around, so we're answering a lot of them. How often... Were you at the job site for when you were doing the semi-custom build, the home you just sold, and there's a developer and it's a neighborhood? How often were you, how involved were you in that process? I mean, I know you went to the design center and you made all your selections, but then it took probably, what, three or four months? Probably two. Was it that quick? It was quick. I was there every day. I was not involved. You were there every day? Sure. Just like walking by, walking, walking through? Walking through. Yeah. Bringing them beer? Uh, whiskey. Whiskey. Okay. I hear people say that that's what you should do. You should bring that. Probably not if they're Amish. Uh, no, we bring the horses corn. Carrots. Keeps them pretty happy. Yeah, apples. Right. Apples go right. well. Excellent. And Popular. corn cob pipes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Amish smoke corn cob yes, pipes. Yes, Okay. <laughs> Let me believe that. Um, and then, so, similar thing now with the custom build. Are you there pretty much every day? Every single day. Okay. Every single day. I will tell you that things progress faster with a semi-custom build. They really have it regimented. Um, They've got design teams that come in and tackle multiple homes at once. When you do a custom home, you have to wait until the contractor's or the general contractor's ready, so you can wait two to three weeks with nothing going on. So how long do you expect the custom build process to take? Probably twice as long as my box build. So you're hoping before Christmas to be in? I'm hoping before Thanksgiving. Before Thanksgiving. But realistically, Christmas. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, what? So it sounds like the custom build, has that been more frustrating? I mean, maybe more rewarding and exciting, but has it been a little frustrating as well? It's exhilarating, but there is a, an awful lot of things out there to, to select. 
Yeah. You, the exact bath, the exact bathtub. Do you know how many bathrooms <laughs> bathtubs are in the world? It's it's overwhelming. It's tough, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I know uh, there's a custom builder in town that builds really high end homes, and there was a project he was working on, and I think it took him at least three years, because every time he needed a decision made, this owner would take months to make the decision. She was just so diligent about it, and. What, I don't know the other reasons why. And he was getting frustrated. He's like, okay, you need to kind of pay up. Because <laughs> that's a long time to go sort of thing. So speaking of which, I don't want to get too much into your personal business, but if we can talk a little bit about financing, because that was one of the big topics that we talked about last week's show. Um, I don't know if you remember any of the highlights from that, Karen. She's like, no, I wasn't really paying attention. I was totally present, <laughs> but, you know, refresh me again. So we talked about when you buy a semi-custom, typically the builder is financing that. And, and that's pretty much what you encountered when you did your that build. You give them earnest money, you're on the hook for the earnest money, but you can walk away from the build at any point in time and it is their problem to sell it. So you were putting about maybe $10,000 down and that I was so. gone. Mm-hmm. If you did not build it, you didn't get that money back. Correct. So there certainly is a risk there. And you never encountered any of the... Um, we talked last week about sometimes with some builders, the more changes you make and the more specific you make the house, sometimes they'll start to require more money, non-refundable money from you. Once you decide on your plan, there really is no deviation. Okay. That is the plan you get. Okay. Um, but then other than that, you just finance at the end of the day. Did you use a finance? Did you, did you go through the builder? Countrywide. Is that who, is that's yeah, who the builder that recommended? That was the Back in the day. Back in the day. Back yeah. in I like day. what Matt just said, yes. Yeah, we had Back to drive in up to Indianapolis to close on that sucker tail. Yeah, it was a long drive. Yeah, but that was the builder that... That's what um, they recommended. That's who they recommended, okay. Um, and then, so how is this different now with the custom build? You, um, you bought the land first. You do, you buy the land, and we sold our house. And once we sold the house, we were left with a certain amount of... Cash in hand, and uh, we had a pre-approval from the bank, but then the bank requires an awful lot uh, before they're willing to proceed. They need contracts from the builders. Um, they need pricing. They need specs. They need two years for the tax. They need a lot of stuff. It's a little tougher than just financing a home. Okay. And so right now we're funding this build out of pocket until the bank says go. What do you so you're as the builders requiring funds or draws? You're just using the proceeds you have sitting in the bank from the sale of your home. Yep. And wow. And then at the end, of, and then at some point, the bank is going to be satisfied and be able to do a construction loan for you. Yes. When what what are the things that need to happen for do that you see to the happen? Sweat I know he's starting to like, like I'm red. Yeah, he doesn't have any hair on the top of his head, <laughs> and it's like really starting to like get red. He's like do rag. I know. Um, so that's been a challenge for you, financing it. Not because I, it just takes forever. Yeah. Okay. And you're just like, I'm. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I don't want to sit around. And why are you ready to move into your new home? <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. It is going to come up. Uh, when we sold our home in a big hurry, thanks to the best damn realtor in Bloomington, and uh, because of that. We had no place to rent for three to four months, so my wife and I decided to purchase a brand new Jayco, forty-one foot. Trailer, travel trailer. <laughs> so we can't wait to get out. My investment advisor lives in a trailer. <laughs> I'm just saying. Down by the river, parked at his dad's house. 
And and you're in that travel trailer with two 18-year-old boys, right? And it gets even better. We have 250-pound puppies. 250-pound dogs, too. 41 feet's not that long. How many no, puppies? No, 41 feet gets much smaller when you throw all those people in, too. There's two, but they're two. 150 pounds each. Okay. Yeah. Tip to tail, they are the length of the inside of the trailer. Wow. They're big dogs. Yeah. It sounds like that. I don't, I'm not a dog person, but my, my son wants a dog, but I'm just thinking that's a little bit like like, T-Rex too close size. for comfort. <laughs> T-Rex. So that's certainly, I think, is a factor that a lot of people need to think about. And I know what happened in our situation, I'll kind of tell the story, was we were looking for homes for you. We just couldn't find what you wanted. You had, a, again, a specific area that you wanted to be in. It was a fairly rural area. You wanted a little bit of space and land. And it just is an area where not a lot of homes come on the market. And so at the end of the day, it was like, got to do something. You said, if you want top dollar, this is the time to list it. That's true. And that's we true. Did. Yeah. Um, so, again, that's something that I think people need to think about is what's their plan if they have to sell in order to generate some cash to do the construction. You maybe could have done the construction without having sold the house right away. Yeah. Um, but that's a risk that you didn't really want to take, plus you wanted to capitalize on the fact that the market was hot. If the other house doesn't sell, you're left with two mortgages. Which is what you did. The last time. Been there, done that. Yeah. So when you did the semi-custom build, you started that project. We had your house on the market. It was a little bit of a slower time. We did have a gentleman that was uh, supposed to buy it, and then that fell apart at the last minute. Yeah. Um, We're not going to talk about that situation, but um, and so we had to put it back on the market. So you did carry a couple, two mortgages for a while on that. a long time. Was it? Six or eight months. Yeah. So that certainly is not the ideal way to do it. It keeps you awake at night. Yeah, for sure. Um, But, uh, you know, some of the things you have to think about is if you have to sell, you know, we're in a market here because we're in a college town that we don't have a lot of short-term leases. Um, Our rental market's very, very strong, but it's very student-driven and you have to kind of have pretty strict rules and it's just hard to find places. 12-month lease. When you have 12-month lease and when you have two dogs, um, then that makes it even more tricky. Because I'm assuming you, you looked and you tried. Oh, we find, looked everywhere. Yeah. And, and they want damage deposits for teenage boys. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah, understandable, for sure. Uh, and where's the piano right now? Uh, the piano's parked at the back of my office. Oh, okay, it's in your office. I'm keeping it <laughs> temperature controlled. I'm being responsible along with our beds. Right, because it seemed to me from the very first time I met you that the piano was always a huge deciding factor as to what you were going to do, too. I think I We feel built like, our home around the I piano. I know. I feel like the piano was the reason that you ended up with two mortgages for a while. <laughs> I think you Because right. you were like, I have to put this piano in a house and it has to be temperature controlled. So that's what we're going to have to do. I need to interject here. So this piano, uh, who plays piano in your family? Uh, that would be me. That would be you. Okay. I just want to make sure, you know, like my youngest or my oldest son, he got into violin for a short stint, wanted us to buy a violin. I'm like, no, just test it out and make sure you like it. And I'm glad we didn't purchase a violin because I'm sure that that could be thousands of dollars. And so he was in violin for one year. So I'm glad that it's it's you and maybe not just a a passing phase with one of the kids or something. So so this course, piano is very important to you. You don't have to build a room around a violin. There you go. Violin goes in the closet. Done deal. It, it could go in the closet, but still, like I'm not going to invest. Uh, you know thousands of dollars into an instrument that someone's not going to right. do. So this right. is very passionate. 
hobby for you? No, it's just a very expensive piece of furniture that I no longer play. Yeah. But thanks, thanks for <laughs> but being here. Oh. But he could. But he could. I love your candor. Thank so you. So the so next much. time we go in to review my investments, I would like a little serenade, if Tangle you will. Libraries. Yeah, if you could set my account uh, summary to music, that would be. You're on. Awesome. All right, deal. All right, let's go to our final break, and we're going to come back and keep talking a little bit about resale and what what uh, Matt's been thinking and in terms of as he's making decisions for his home. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvin Vora, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, thanks for coming back. We were forming a band over break. Uh, we were talking before break about building a house around a piano yes. and making your moving plans around a piano. And so moistening your read. Moistening your read. Um, it's a good thing we're on the Internet. Um, so Karen was asking Matt about his piano background, and then Karen offered up that she, if you gave her a moist new read, <laughs> <laughs> 
that you could, uh, we are sober pretty no, much. Uh, I play, in high school I played the alto sax, and I'm just saying, I haven't played in a while, but if someone said, hey, here's my saxophone that you can play, I would be like, I'm sorry, I know you, but I need my own reed, let me moisten my own reed, <laughs> and I will, I will play, I'll just play whatever you need me to play. All right. Well, um, I, and then I offered up that I played bassoon. My shining moment in my life was in seventh grade when I called a national radio show. See, radio goes way, way back with me. Um, called the Bob and Tom Show. And I played my bassoon on it. And I played uh, Rod Stewart's Some Guys Have All the Luck. Get out. On the bassoon. I'm out. Shut up. I did no, it. no, 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 no. There are witnesses. Yep. You yep. know that's out there on the internet somewhere. I don't know. Because that was like before. I mean, that was tape deck days. I had it on a tape. I taped it. That's back in the day, too, but maybe it's out there. So there you go. And Rachel offered up that she played trombone. So we've got a piano, a trombone, a bassoon, and a saxophone. And a vibrating toilet. And a vibrating (laughs) toilet. This could be a quartet or a quintet to uh, end all ages. What the heck were we talking about? I don't even know. No, I do. We were talking about new construction. And I had a couple more questions I wanted to ask Matt before we close out the show about his experiences with new construction. Um... And one of them, a big one, is how did you choose the builder? Wow, I reached out on every available bit of social media, asked people for their experiences. I reached out to family, uh, different friends. And next thing you know, you start shaking hands with people. You look at uh, some of the builds they've done, and you get an approximation of price and some comfort with the builder, and you select them. And then two months later, when they don't return your call... (laughs) You fired them, and you hire somebody else. Did you? Yes, we did. I didn't know that because I remember sitting at closing when we were uh, selling your house, and you and your wife were commiserating that the builder hadn't called you in several weeks. And was this someone who had been recommended to you by other people? Yes, by a family member. Wow. So we fired him and hired his son. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Amish demographics. It's very interesting. They're all related. They're all Amish? Everybody's Amish. So how do you get a hold of them? You just drive south. And <laughs> but no, I had a, I knew someone who worked with the Amish. We don't have Amish in our immediate community, but about an hour away, is there's a large Amish populations right by the casino. They use cell phones, and they hire drivers, and they sit in the, sit in the passenger seat. <laughs> so so they, someone drives them in. I heard they have phones out in their barns. They do. I, I'm going to interject here because I did a loan um, back in my earlier years where the seller was an Amish person, and they said, I can be at the phone. They had, like, one phone. I can be there at, like, whatever time you make sure to call me then. I'm like, absolutely. So I kind of set my my time frame around when he was going to be at that phone, which happened to be inside of a barn. In the barn. They right. can keep the phone. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Um, so did you get to walk through some of their projects, or did you just kind of drive by and see them? No, we went and we walked through a couple existing builds that they were putting up. We liked the construction. And then we started talking about how they were going to build ours. I think that's one of the things as I was doing some research for last week's show um, about how you choose a builder. And I think, Rachel, I sent you some links on that. So there's some uh, suggestions from the National Association of Home Builders. Um, and, and that is one you definitely want to make sure that they belong to some of these organizations. Did you do any, is there a place that you go and re, like read reviews? Did you do any of that, you know, like a Google review of this builder or anything? 
uh, AmishReview.com. AmishReview.com. <laughs> uh, was a full, no, uh, back when I was in college, I helped build houses, I helped paint, so I kind of knew a good build from a bad build. Sure. And I'm walking through and looking at the stud work, looking at how they uh, did their HVAC. I was happy. Yeah, I would definitely say as a caveat to this entire show that Matt has probably a higher level of um, home uh, construction knowledge than the average person. I will tell you, one of the funny things is he'll say to me in one of his houses as we work through we've worked over through his various projects over the years, he's like, oh, that wall needs to come down. I'll have that done this weekend. And most of my clients would be like, yeah, right, okay, I'll see you in two months. And, like, you come back, and it's completely done in a weekend. Like, Matt can look at something and be like, mm, yeah, I can fix that in a weekend. It's not a big deal. It's completely done. So um, one of the suggestions from one of these national home builder websites was to also drive around maybe on, like, Saturday mornings. That's when people tend to be outside. And if you've seen some homes that are being built, you know, just stop and talk to the people because most people do like to talk about their homes and who they've used and um, you know what went well and would they use that builder again and that sort of thing. Amy and I were free in the evening and we found that if you walk up to someone's door after dark and whisper to them can we walk through your home. Probably didn't work. Not a great idea. We couldn't get in. We not, just, not even no. Amy? Because uh-huh. she's so cute. She's so little and cute. I think it's because I was with her. Oh well see there you go. That tends to be the problem. Um, so let's talk uh, about resale. Have you? Th- did you think about resale when you were making selections for your semi-custom, the home you just sold? Yes, absolutely. Um, Being a financial advisor, you think about resale of everything. Um, But I did, and I knew we'd be in the home until the the entire subdivision was done. And then we should be able to more than break even, which we did. Yeah, and I think that is such a huge uh, a huge point and I can't remember if we talked about it last week or not but where you are and you build in a neighborhood where you are in terms of that neighborhood being done is huge key and you were one of the do you know what number home you were I mean you were Five. you were the fifth home oh, in the semi-custom yeah you were three you're the third home wow. built that's crazy um, and it's completely built out now yeah they finished that last year that seem right or that two years right. ago? Two years ago. Yeah. Um, do you know how many homes are in that neighborhood now? Oh, a lot. A lot. Yeah. I mean, it goes on and on further than you think it does. But um, so you were committing to that house for a long time. Like a short marriage. Well, yeah, yeah. And I just I, that's one thing I, I want people to understand. It, one of the examples that really rings true to me is that there was a, a townhouse complex um, in a the next town over that was being built and it probably took 10 years for that thing to be built. I mean, they would just kind of build them as people wanted them sort of thing. And, um, 10 years is a long time and they're really nice units, but I had some clients who were trying to sell. They were, they were a lot of the first time home buyers and in five years you want to move up to something else. And it was next to impossible to compete against new construction. I mean, why buy used when you can buy new, um, they just finished building that neighborhood last year, and now it's en fuego. You know, it, all the prices immediately went up, um, you know, five grand per unit when these units are $105,000 units anyway. So, it, you know, you saw a huge uh, increase immediately. So that's something to think about. Um, are, are you thinking about resale with this custom home? Because this is where you're going to die, right? I'm going to crash and burn if this yeah. thing's got to go quick. <laughs> uh, our, our plan is... Uh, to successfully complete an unfinished basement, build the upstairs room, 
And uh, at that point, I think I'm officially above water. And we received a surprise after we broke ground that uh, a less than custom builder, a less than desirable custom builder is going at the top. So uh, you okay. And the neighborhood. Who's building there. So that may have an impact on our property value too. Interesting. And so are there evidence and restrictions in the neighborhood where you're building? There are. But it doesn't specify a builder. It probably just specifies square footage and footprint kind of thing. Very generic. Okay, interesting. Um, well, you know, I, I always tell the story that I had a gentleman several years ago contact me about selling his house. And it was a house he custom built for himself. He was a single guy. And there was not a single place to put a kitchen table or a dining room table in that entire home. And I remember distinctly sitting at the top of the stairs, kind of looking down on this big great room area with the kitchen and the living room, trying to figure out where the heck you could put a table because I knew the best, highest and best use of that home was for a family who needed a place to eat, not just two bar stools sitting by the stove, which is kind of what he did. And it really made it, I mean, every, everybody who toured the house, every bit of feedback was no place to eat, no place to eat, no, no, no place for a table. It was really, so, you know, make sure you've got a dining room, I guess, would be my advice to you on that. Um, Thank I, you. I think, you know, I'm always here to help. I think the semi-customs can be easier to sell because they're sort of those tried and true floor plans. What you see with the custom builds is sometimes people start to do wacky things and you start to get bathrooms with no doors and you know whatever else the wife that wants to put chickens out back no chickens are all right around here it's all good oh did i get multiple chicken yeah you you got chicken fans in the room so there you go not me i'm the lender and that poses some potential issues (laughs) as a financier so i will now you don't want to have to foreclose on a house that has chickens and then have to find a home for the chickens no, like it's very or hard to, to do. <laughs> yeah, or a plate. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Could be hard to do a, do a loan for a house that has chickens. Mm. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap that up. Thank you so much, Matt, for stopping by and your uh, great information. I always think just having um, some personal stories is better than just me rambling all the time. Uh, and, and if you have any questions for Matt, you can always channel them through me, and I'll get you answers if you've got you know questions on who he used for what or what um, massaging toilet he ends up picking. We'll try and get a picture of that up on the Internet, too, because I think that's darn good stuff. Uh, we are going to be here next week, as always, with more great topics and uh, hopefully maybe some cupcakes from Rico. Hopefully. I'm going to yeah. reach out to JoJo right now. Yeah, we need to probably Google how far it is to drive to Waco because I'm guessing we're a good 18 hours. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a ways away. We're a ways away. It's 22 to Midland, Texas. It's closer than that. So there is that. All right. Thank you so much for sticking with us, uh, listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. We will be back next week and talk to you then. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb, tomorrow for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.